welcome to part two. All right, that's enough out of me. Let's get back into it. I wrote down in my notes, can we be done with the Victoria yeah, drama? Yeah, man, let's just get to this. I'm just over Weird it. Group day. So Ben Higgins is here. Oh, Ben Higgins, which I heard in the streets. By in the streets, I mean on the Instagram. Um, I heard that apparently they asked Sean Lowe to come back. Um, and that, Sean, as we know, Sean and Catherine are ultimately the saving grace for this franchise, even though they never really act like they're from this franchise. Like, like ABC never really acts like they're from this franchise when really they should be blasting them everywhere. Portraits, family portraits, sending AB, the bachelors to send out Christmas cards of the Lowe's. Like, but instead they kind of pretend like they don't exist. Um, but apparently they asked Sean, I don't know if this is true, but just what I heard was that Sean was like, well, here's the thing. I have a whole family. And so why would I put myself at risk with the coronavirus and go quarantine when like, I got a whole family. <laughs> so it was just like, so that's what I heard that, that they asked him to come back and he was like, um, no. So then they asked I ben. love that. It's a Randy Jackson no from me dog. Sean was like, I'm yeah. not about it. Thank you though. I appreciate yeah. that. He was like, maybe when there's not a global pandemic and I don't have small children and a wife that I love, um, maybe, but like right now when like family is very important and like my safety is important, it's a no. Yeah. So I like I like that idea. I like that, that narrative. Whoever's yeah. But anyways, Ben Higgins is there. He talks about the old regime versus the new the regime. old regime. And Matt, you can see him say, oh my God, and look around to make sure none of the women are there yeah. because what the? And then we get to the date that Ben has supposedly or supposedly to shout out your friend. <laughs> I hate that they keep doing this, supposedly, yes. I hate that they keep doing Why do they keep telling us so-and-so curated this date? so-and-so curated this date so i'm like i don't care who who planned the date just get to I the don't date believe you right and i don't believe you you know who curated the date the person whose job it is to curate the dates that we it don't a know a whole bunch of producers and a couple of interns and maybe a pa or two sitting around a table with their masks on on a lunch break saying what the fuck are we going to do for the next date that's who curated this date who the exactly. heck had to dig out these thousand pound gourds, these huge pumpkins. Oh my gosh, shout out to our underpaid PAs. Oh my gosh, that's, yeah, that's, I didn't even think about that. That is pretty that terrible. That was a day long venture. It had to have been. Yeah. Where do they get them from? Unless they had a professional. Because like, I'm wondering, like, is that a thing with that Nima Colon does? Like, that they're like, how, you know, some resorts have paddle boating and some resorts have, uh, What's it called Hierarchy? when you No, I guess it's it is paddle, paddle boating, boating. Which you just when you did. when you yes, when you paddle boating. OK, some some have paddle boating, some have kayaking, some have, you know, whatever. Maybe Nima Colon's thing is pumpkin I boating. Um, I hate it, too, but maybe that's can't believe. Thing. So maybe they had to not believe no one flipped. I can't believe no one flipped. I also was like, how are they saying like, I mean, I guess, yeah, they're, they're dry inside, I guess. But I was like, I just feel like it would be dirty up in there. I like, mean, I know like, I did. And all pumpkin-y up in there and like maybe some water up in there. And I'm like, y'all didn't, because they were all dressed cute. So I'm like, mm, 
Mm, I don't know about yeah, this. I was not prepared for this date. So we get to that after party. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what even happened? I mean, Anna, Matt immediately tells Anna, like, do you want to go off? And I thought that was nice. Mm, he, he like yeah. personally wanted to spend time with Anna and they're mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. They're not really talking about much. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not at all. But then <laughs> Brittany, oh, I will say Matt's fit on this date chef's kiss that nude on nude oh, moment you said fit i'm thinking he threw a fit and i was like when do you throw outfit a fit? his his outfit <laughs> yes. of the day okay or what's that girl yeah. on instagram i think she's a musical theater person she calls it an utada you utada. never see oh my gosh what's she's that? so funny Are you i see hashtag Ooh, excuse me. I see hashtag outfit of the day. Oh, oh, yeah, but she but calls, I don't see no she calls the outfit of the day, the utada. And I think it's, I think it's very funny. Um, oh, I gotta, I gotta find funny. her so that we can shout her out or something. Cause she's hilarious. And okay. I think she likes the bachelor also. Um, but okay. his fit monochrome, the nude on nude, the turtleneck moment. I think he even had a mm, pocket square mm-hmm. situation going on. I was like, yes, 10 out of 10 okay. chef's kiss. Let's okay, do it again. Love um Love but that. Brittany goes and attempts to steal Matt from Anna she does and Anna deflects does. it I love this move she does she does and that's honestly what I am like so shocked by every time I watch the show because I'm like why aren't more people saying no <laughs> like I'm like if I had if I had been talking to him for five minutes and I felt like I had more to say and somebody came up to me I'd be like actually no, I'm going to get this time in and then you will have time as well. And if you don't, you don't, because sometimes we don't get time, but right now it's my time. Um, so that's honestly every season I'm like, why are they? And that's all, another thing where I'm like, um, when they are all waiting around they're like, oh, you know, it's five of us in this room haven't gotten time and blah, blah, blah. I'm kind of like, I just want to know what the process is of like, is it really you you sit around and get up and go find Matt when you want? Or is it that it's like, there are very specific times and you can go talk to him. Is it like these people in this room get to talk to him at some point between like that? That's where I just am in the dark and I have no idea. Um, but so I think, anyways. I do think mm-hmm. production basically has you on a leash, right? You have a certain producer that you're attached to. There is someone that is producing you for much of the season. So they have you under lock and key at all times, even on these group dates where it's like, okay, you know, Matt might have been tapped on the shoulder and said, I need you to go spend time with Anna first. So maybe after you do your toast, you'll just ask Anna if you guys want to step out. And those kind of instructions exist. And then producers probably come back in the room. This is me speaking from how I think it works. Producers will come in, they know it's going to be a couple hours. So they're like, bro, why don't you mm-hmm. go find Matt or so-and-so's coming back in a few, why don't you go ahead and like really fight for your time with him? So it's both and there is, hey, you want to mm-hmm. go t- talk to Matt, you better go fight for your time. And also you get to speak when you are permitted to move, you know, you don't just have yeah. free will, you don't have free will on this show. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what but- I was thinking it was but I was also like just I, not sure yeah. because it seems like it would be very much like well then let me just wait over here in this corner so that when they done I can just slide like you know when you're at a like 
at a bar or something you're like waiting for an open table and you're like let me just stand over here because I know they about right. to get up and then okay perfect that's uh -uh. my table yeah like that's that's what I would be that's like why I'm like why aren't they doing that like why aren't they just waiting there but I'm like it, they probably just yeah. can't like they're like no you need to go sit down and we'll let you know when it's Which your turn <laughs> gives us an added layer Brittany was absolutely sent by a producer oh, to go steal absolutely. because they knew that Anna had whatever issue she had with her and it was going to rub Anna the wrong way. And then absolutely. that is all they need is to set her off. They want to break her like a toothpick and boom, it's mm -hmm. done. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was not too happy about that. She said, okay, well, I'll just try to grab you later. And no. then says, ooh, um, I almost said, yo, girl. First of all, yo, girl, Anna, what? <laughs> She said, yo, girl, I, I, I almost said, yo, girl, I got some dirt on you. Oh, like, why would you say it? I did why not would like, you that. Say it like that. And you yeah. absolutely would not have said that in front of Matt. Shut up. Right. Ease up. Yeah, I just. And then we got uh, uh, the evil queen and her henchmen or her stepchild gathered around the fire. Uh -huh. um, yeah. And Anna basically accusing Brittany yeah. of being an escort, saying, you know, mm -hmm. people have been messaging me on Instagram and sending me her profile. Like, no one was sending my profile around talking about watch out for this girl. And, you know, she. Mm -hmm. And also, how do you know? Maybe they were. If they did, they didn't send it yeah, to they you. they didn't send it to you, stupid. <laughs> so, right. Like, somebody could have been. Anna, it's not like everybody you know is your biggest yeah, fan. absolutely. Like, I, I consider myself a nice person, but I'm not naive to think that there are people in this world who don't like me. Like, or there are not people in this world who don't sure. like me, you know? And I guarantee you someone you've pissed off in your past <clears throat> um, has thrown your image in the group chat saying, bro, look mm -hmm. at this bullshit. Like, I'm sure of it. Right, exactly. I'm sure that happens with me, you know? <laughs> I was awful growing up, okay? And... Mm -hmm. probably more recently I could associate myself as a raging bitch growth is important evolution mm -hmm. matters I found the yes. Lord amen <laughs> um, okay but Preach. I'm still Go off. a work in progress and I know I can be a shithead sometimes so I know people be talking shit behind my back talk it to my face though that's that's I'm right like, say it to my face please I so need I to know punch you <laughs> I need to know where we're at I need to at. know where we're at so that I yeah. can decide whether or not I want to go to jail over you I probably don't but if I want to tell you I'll punch you in the face I want you to give me the fair shot to say it exactly okay. exactly I've had someone accidentally try to talk shit about me but accidentally text me that happened mm. with like my old mm -hmm. roommates where she was trying to like talk shit about something I did and she texted me and I was like bro you want to have a conversation like let's have it and it's not thinking so highly of yourself she accuses Brittany of being an Anna, she yeah and then of course Victoria laughs and is like oh my gosh um so it's just already starting to be cringy um because whether or not that is her job which she says later that it is not first of all Anna it was not your business to be bringing up and second of all you're implying that that line of work is something to be ashamed of and that it's something that is like so terrible that Matt would never want to be in a relationship with her and so that's just like you're already placing your judgments of this woman 
your your unfair judgments of this woman on her and it just looks so bad like Anna just looks so bad this episode and I'm just like girl you you really messed She's it been up super silent on social media and I just know she is so embarrassed and so ashamed I'm I, I'm willing to bet mm-hmm. she didn't expect this edit for herself um but yeah. she has to be so ashamed of her conduct because first of yeah. all sex work is real work second of all for the last few mm-hmm. years especially with the uprising of the me too movement that's what everyone's been talking about is how we need to have right. better protection for sex workers we need to stop passing our yeah. judgment on other women um for the way they mm-hmm. choose to live their lives how we need autonomy over our our own bodies and all you're doing is perpetuating this hatred for how people yeah. tend to like live their lives and that's not for you to decide and you didn't have the information to pass these judgments in the first place because people did not put the information you needed to have to spread these rumors in your instagram dms you were moving off of like air rated rumors it's like one of those Hmm. it's like she's a ball of air and she's like Mm -hmm. i have a secret and it's a really good one and then she says it and it's like bro what with what proof yeah and she even like when she when she confronts Brittany about it, she's like, I know that's a horrible thing to say about someone. And Brittany's like, not even that. It's just the fact that like, because it's it's not horrible. If that's if that's my job, that's my job, and I'm proud of it. And and I wouldn't come on here trying to hide my job because we all know that they be putting our jobs or be um wrote like trolling us underneath our names anyways with our little across the screen right. things. Um, but. Yeah, it, it just seems like she, Anna, and she she literally does it. She just like puts her nose up to to these these um, rumors about about Britney. Like it's very much like, oh, like I can't be associated with that. My nose is turned up to that because that's below me and that's beneath me. And Matt would never want to date someone like that. It's and just I don't. What a waste of time. What is this standard that we are trying to say? Like these women are less than because they choose to live their lives this way and what if so I want to run with the big spenders too bro yeah it's just she just shows the type of it, it shows like the type of company that Anna keeps it shows that she lives in a bubble um, where she thinks that these certain things are acceptable and anything that doesn't fit that mold is something to be ashamed of and is something to be looked down on and it just shows that she just ha- isn't very open-minded. Um, when she herself which is used sad. to work in food service at some, like, potentially at a restaurant like that, like, as a bottle service. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can speak mm-hmm. to your experience, but she's getting this information from other people who work in that industry. And it's off of assumptions they've made off of this person. And I know that growing up, I absolutely, right. like, when certain girls would come in with certain men at Hooters, we'd be like, oh, like we wonder what she's doing to hang out with them. At the same time, mm-hmm. certain regulars that we used to have used to invite us out to like have a fun Saturday, you know, drinking wine that we could not possibly afford, giving us free outfits, new swimsuits and bikinis free of charge. And we didn't have to do anything. We were just hanging out with these dudes that like to keep our company. And I'm, I'll be damned if someone's going to look on, like look down on me in my future because of that. Are you kidding? Right. Like in this economy, shut up, Anna, this Mm -hmm. is not it's not cute, the holier than thou, the hoity-toity attitude. And I guess yeah. I'm speaking really passionately because I do 
um, know people involved in se- sex work. I think it's mm-hmm. a really like it's it's so it's associated as so taboo, and I think that's unfair, especially as someone who used to work in a restaurant that's wild, widely hemmed as like super sexist and women exchanging, yeah. you know, their bodies for money as a Hooters girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my first job. I got that job when I was 15 and worked there till I was 21. Who cares? Yeah. yeah and it's, it's very much, it's, it's honestly, it's a thing of unlearning because um, like we talked, not us, I mean, sure. We probably did talk a lot about unlearning this summer, but I think as an, nation as a country we had to talk about a lot about unlearning in 2020 in the summer Um, and I think that that's another area because I'm not gonna sit here and say that my whole life I've I thought highly of sex workers like no I didn't because I grew up in the church and I grew up thinking having this um, view of of what sex should look like and and what intimacy should look like and those things and and modesty and all those um, everything that you're t- that you're taught if you grow up in church and so it was a moment of, of unlearning that I had to have where I was like oh these people are doing their job and and this is something that they feel like they can bring into like how do I say like it's 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 not it's a job for them, you know, like it is, it is a way that they support themselves. It is a way that they support their families. It is, I'm not, who am I to say that my job is um, more important than yours? Who am I to say that my job is um, more, I don't know. I don't know what the wording is, but it's just like, there has there has for Anna I think that there there is an opportunity for growth there was an opportunity for growth even when she received those dms before she came on the show and instead of taking the time to think about it and to grow from it she decided to stick it in her back pocket and and use it as blackmail and it was like you had a choice here and you chose the wrong one and now you're bringing it onto live television onto the show and it's just reflecting really poorly on you and you could have made a better decision and you could have taken this time to educate yourself and to educate the people around you and instead you're just trying to make her look bad when it's not working because also she's not even an escort yeah it didn't even work (laughs) and so I think going forward this is an opportunity for all of us to check ourselves and say what preconceived notions are we putting um on jobs people communities uh the things that we tend to label as negative, what preconceived notions are we putting into yeah. that, right? I grew up in the South. <laughs> um, I grew up in a Christian household and I grew up as a military brat. So pretty conservative views around my home. And I had to learn mm-hmm. really quick how to check myself as an adult and be like, actually, that might not be right. chief, you know? So what ways can we exactly. start unpacking these preconceived notions or these judgments or these mm-hmm. prejudices that we hold in our bodies and we put against people when we feel like they offend us or they um, are interceding right. with what we feel like is, is supposed to be ours. Anna turned into Sarah this entire episode and it was so unfortunate mm-hmm. to watch. Obviously the edit is heavily responsible for it, but what she, she came in and actively chose to reveal that information and confront that girl she did in front of all of those women with no evidence mm-hmm. on her back 
with no evidence and then dismissed her own apology as she was saying it and said I want to give you the opportunity to explain yourself no ma'am I don't have to explain anything to you no I'm not an escort but how dare you take my name and start dragging it in the mud without talking to me exactly exactly like if she really if she if she was a responsible respectable adult woman then before it even left her mouth to Victoria, to any of the other women in the house, to a camera for a one-on-one interview, she would have gone to Brittany. But she didn't want that. She wanted the drama. She wanted the blow up. She said, listen, I'm not getting any time with Matt. I have to do something to keep myself here, to give myself some some drama. Um, And that's what she did. And it just was stupid. Anna, it was stupid. You look stupid. You look dumb. You look cringy. You look like a Karen and it's It's not not cute. cute. So, um, and I thought what was unfortunate afterwards is, you know, and I wonder if this isn't what happened, but no one in the room says anything. No one comes to Mm -hmm. Brittany's defense. And Mm -hmm. we do get that moment with Ryan and it's a camera saying that Anna's behavior is disgusting Mm -hmm. and that now Brittany's going to have to defend herself against all of these women and carry that with her her for the Mm -hmm. rest of the season, which I loved, but I was like, why couldn't she have spoken that in the moment, you know? So I do wonder if someone came to her defense and say, say Anna, like, how dare you even like accuse somebody of that how immature of you and then we get this weird edited cut like this cut in of victoria grabbing her Mm -hmm. glass and saying well then get out the house Mm -hmm. i do not think that happened there you don't think it happened there victoria's not that bold because she's not that bold and you see abigail laugh and i'm like I don't know that Abigail would laugh at this situation. I actually had to keep going back to be like, who is that sitting next to Victoria? But it is Abigail. And you see, like she says, you know, Victoria says, then go back to the house. And she turns to the person next to her who's Abigail. And then they both laugh. And so that's interesting that you think that it wasn't actually in that moment. That makes sense because I did have to keep going back to be like, who's sitting where? Like what's happening? It doesn't even contextually make sense. And like the sound quality is different. I truly think they just spliced that in there um, to kind of make it seem more dramatic because first of all, Brittany would have said something back. Like what? And second of all, I'm sorry, Victoria's just not that clever. She's not that smart. She couldn't even fuck up on Sarah like that. You know what I mean? Right. She was kicking that horse while it was down. So I do think that was a cultivated scene. I know they're trying to protect Abigail's edit, but I don't even think that was contextually uh, accurate to the conversation that was at Mm -hmm. hand. I think they made that, I think they created a fake scene from there. But Brie gets the rose. Yay, we have some sense of normalcy, Um, which I think is is one of the things that I've seen from Matt where I'm like, that was bold in the right ways. Um, because sometimes he'd be bold and he'd be making stupid decisions, like going up to lay on Sarah. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Just go on your date, like with Serena P, like so stupid. Yeah. Um, but it was bold because obviously Breeze already had a one-on-one and he could have given a rose to someone who hasn't had a one-on-one or he's like, no, I like Brie. So I've got to give her the rose. He's like, the rest of y'all, I don't really care. Um, but I like Bree, so she will get the rose. So that was a moment where I was like, oh, because you know that that was going to make people mad. Like she's already had a one-on-one and she gets the rose. Like, 
he just really likes her. And he's like, no, I do. Yeah. Middle <laughs> so up, bro. that was the one, right. So that was the one time where I was like, oh, okay. Like he actually made a decision that I believe was his own. And, and, and I actually agreed yeah. with it. So, and I thought that yeah. was cool. And Anna's response to it is Brie getting the roses, Britney's fault. What? <laughs> right. What? Anna, you were not getting the rose. Like you, there was no, she said, I thought I had actually had a shot. You didn't. No. Just go straight into the 101. I have to go through Michelle and then that fight date. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's just go to Michelle. I'm, okay, Michelle, of course, gets the one-on-one, which you know, as soon as they don't call her on the group date, you're like, she's getting the one-on-one. The other women are naive if they think that they're getting it because obviously it's her. They're not just going to put one new girl on the date. Like, y'all are dumb. It's obviously Michelle. She gets the, the one-on-one um, and it's amazing. Like it's really everything that I think what happened. What a good date. Oh, nothing. I nothing happened. Jimmy, oh, okay. Okay, one okay. of my cast members <laughs> just sent something saying I'm so excited, but oh. I don't. Oh my okay. gosh. I think a preview of what? my movie just came out. Oh my gosh. Wait, what? Hold please. I'm so sorry. Okay, guys. Crazy. In December, I was still trying to figure out my unemployment. So I'm glad that you were still. (laughs) So, hey, y'all, we are back. I'm so sorry. We had to take a quick break because I got a text message that a little tiny sneak peek of um, the movie that I am in dropped for uh, Warner Brothers and HBO Max. (laughs) I had to watch it. Um, I'm not in the cut, but... Don't you wear like the movie just looks so cool. It's one of the most important stories I think I've ever been a part of telling in my life. And so regardless of me being a part of it, I am so happy that the world is going to get to see this story and get to see the craft Mm -hmm. of these incredible artists that I worked with, including Will Smith, who plays my daddy. I guess I can say that here because everyone knows. Let's get back into this episode. That was cool. Let's get back into it. Okay, Michelle's date. Okay, so Michelle walks up on her date and I love it because it's like, I don't know, the simplicity of her outfit just really spoke to me. I was like, she came out here in some black pants and a little crop top and I was like, it's me. (laughs) I was like, all I wear is black pants and a crop top. So... It's me. Um, but I just loved, like, you could tell right off the bat, this was 100% the best one-on-one we've had this season. There was no awkwardness. There was so much chemistry. Michelle was so, Matt was so in awe of Michelle. Um, she was so in her element. She was so witty. She was so confident. Um, everything, like, you could see Matt literally, like, falling in love with her on this first date. And I was here for it. I was like, wait, this is kind of what I've been waiting for. Like this whole season, like enough with all the drama. I'm like, just give me a normal date with the girl that I really like and with, and that Matt really likes. And that's what we got with Michelle. So like, thank you, Michelle, for coming in and being the saving grace of this season of this episode. Um, It was just gorgeous. I also have to laugh because I think it's funny how like sometimes they try to act like like they always give us the live studio audience and it's like clearly it's not but then every once in a while they do 
show us the the like the bare bones of production and so i liked when they were going up in the hot air balloon you just all like see all the production the whole crew <laughs> standing there with their masks on being like okay is this safe i also had to laugh because of the strings around the hot air balloon because they said but you can't actually go yeah anywhere. That's true. <laughs> so they're just holding the hot air balloon down like they're maybe what like i don't know 50 feet off the ground like it's just like, kind of funny and they were um, all socially distanced none of them were wearing face shields though which is quite literally against mm-hmm. studio protocol for large studios right. so i was like what yeah because i was a mask and a face shield what's the, going on the, they do and they say like when they say um rolling like they'll say rolling and then masks they'll say off. masks off for the for the for the actors and then they'll say shields on for the crew because they keep their masks on but since we're taking our she our our masks off they add another layer of protection so they have masks and shields but as you're saying these people did not have shields on they were not being safe okay we saw they don't y'all care out in Nima colon. We they y'all. don't care, they don't care. um Right, they didn't. But anyways, I just liked how we how we saw them, and we also see them later when Katie goes out to talk to Matt, and you see all the producers and PAs be like, "Okay, well, I guess we'll go over here." It's just like so funny, because um, we usually don't get to see. They're usually more refined with that, but this season they're just like, "Whatever," like they know that we're here, so here we are. Um, oh. But yeah, so Matt and Michelle have a great daytime date they do all that fun stuff hot air balloons zip lining which like matt acts like well, i guess i've never been zip lining but it doesn't really seem that scary to me and i feel like they were being dramatic, i i mean i do I think know. they wanted to like amp the excitement up but matt was saying yeah. it was like he'd never zip lined before and then as soon as he hopped he like let his like arms hang free right. i was like bro you've done this before yeah, and I was like, you know that they're not going to let you do anything that's unsafe. And so also, anyways. it was off of the, you know, the, what is it called when you go skiing and it's the carts that bring you down the hill or bring you to the top of the hill? Yes. The they were running on a ski lift. They oh, show weird. you the carts in, like, in the background, like, kind of. And I was like, oh, oh. is this safe? Is Does everyone zip line on ski lifts? Yeah, interesting. But I, just, I loved watching them engage with one another. It was supernatural. Yeah, and it was very authentic. It was like she, yeah, she really had, she really just like always had the right things to say. Like when she's like, all right, wrap Time it up. Go like, home. let's go. <laughs> After they like, said they perfect. want the same amount of kids at the same time. Like, yes, like she's the type of person, you know, how like when you're in a, like when you're on a date or something or like, you, you leave the date and you're like, oh, I should have said this. Like, that would have been so yeah. cute. Like, she actually says the things right. in the moment that, like, we all wish that we could think of and say. Like, she actually says them. And you're like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I need that skill. It's, um, um, what, uh, freaking Matt and uh, Matt and Michelle have the potential to have the love uh-huh. story that they thought they were showing us with Dale and Claire. Right. Yeah. They... I just am obsessed with her I just really am and then they go to this date their evening date in like this I don't know 50s 60s car themed restaurant very grease lightning but I'm into it um you're like, over here thinking grease lightning I was like is are we going to the auto auction Will someone call my papa it are was we like to make it was car? very like 
beauty school dropout. Like, I don't know. It was, but like I said, I was here for it. It also was like, I don't know if anyone has, has been to Disney world. I, I don't think that this exists anymore, but they used to have a restaurant at Disney world that was like that. And like the seats were like cars. Um, but I don't think that that exists anymore, which is so sad. Um, but yeah, that's also what it reminded me of because I love Disney. I'm over here um, waiting to hear an auctioneer in the background, you know, for the yes. antique car. <laughs> yes, it was cute. Okay, so they have their date. Um, and this is when we get, you know, another moment that I, where I was saying earlier where I wanted Matt to go deeper and it was like he chose to go somewhere else and I was like, bruh, like <laughs> she just said all that. And you going to say, so what I'm talking about is of course, when Michelle gets into um, her talking about her teaching, she's a teacher in Minnesota in Edina, or maybe she teaches in another suburb, I don't know. But she's a teacher and she talks about how crazy everything was this summer, this past year with George Floyd. And the pandemic on top of it. And the pandemic on top of it. And how she really wanted to be there for her students and how she thinks it's really important to be there, especially for her students of color and how the parents, you know, some people might think that it's a touchy subject that they want to shy away from it. And she's like, no, the parents wanted to talk about it. The parents wanted their kids to talk about it. The parents wanted me to talk about it with their kids. It was very much something that needed to be addressed. And I was happy and thankful that I could be that person for them. And it's beautiful. And then Matt's I like, can imagine. yeah, I love, I can't imagine. I love that, that you're a teacher and, you know, you, you probably wanted to be there to probably so hard, you know, you're virtually teaching your students. You can't hug them. I'm like, what? I just told you that I'm dealing not only with one pandemic, but two. And one of them is the killing of Black men in America at unprecedented rates. And your response is, yeah, it sucks you can't hug your students. What? Right. What? That's what you got from it. This was also one of those moments where I was like, okay, shame on you, Matt, for deflecting. It looked like he deflected the, the opportunity. It really did. And it also was like, I think that Michelle, I don't know if she was like, wait, what? But also I could see her being so like in awe of what's happening around her that she just like keeps going. And then she probably watched it back and was like, wait, he didn't ask me anything about yeah. that. Like, you know, like he did it. Um, Cause in the moment she was probably just so like living in the moment that she was like just going with the conversation. But I think that she would have really wanted him to tap in more to that. And he did not. And it makes me wonder, there, there were two things, right? We do not get a lens or, or an eye for what it's like for teachers right now, save for the fact that we mm-hmm. personally, you and I know teachers, right? Specifically, mm-hmm. we know black teachers who are struggling mm-hmm. with this. Um, and by this, I mean, they're struggling with the double dose of pandemics from coronavirus and virtual learning and hybrid learning, which is Mm -hmm. absolutely heinous. And it's like, it's such a struggle for teachers right now. And it is such a struggle for students and it's such a struggle for parents. Students, I can't imagine. Okay, Matt. I just said a Matt, I just said a Matt line. But seriously, like I I remember doing like one or two online class. I specifically remember doing online Spanish in college and I failed. Like, and I, and I get straight A's, like I got straight A's and I did that online Spanish class and I failed just cause I was like, I do not feel like going on my, and like, granted I'm old, just kidding. I'm not old, but it was just like, it, we weren't on our computers as much when I was, you know, in college or whatever, um, which yes and no, but 
it was just like, I just didn't feel like always getting my computer out and doing work. And so and it's really I can't hard. Imagine. I just, yeah, I mean, we actually can't because we're not, I mean, for me yeah. right now, because I do function as a teacher in certain mm-hmm. um, facets of my career, I was teaching a class before we went back to filming and I was teaching this class in mm-hmm. person in East Harlem. It was a writing mm-hmm. workshop for black and brown women that have been affected by mass incarceration. And then uh-huh. I had to roll over to being completely remote as a teacher. And that adjustment yeah. for me and my co-facilitator alone was, it nearly broke us and how we could relate to each yeah. other because it was so hard. And I didn't know how I could connect to my students anymore because I wasn't there to engage with them. And to be right. frank, it's freaking different. It's just it not the same, even yeah. the class that I'm gearing up to teach at Columbia Law this semester is different Mm -hmm. and this is with grown folks you know I was working with young women that were ages 14 to 22 in this writing workshop imagine working with a five-year-old and working with 30 of them um because your school is overcrowded and doesn't have the resources Uh to hire teachers and pay them what they need to live and you have to figure out all this new software and you don't know what you're doing there's just so many layers there and Matt missed the opportunity to Matt unpack it. Matt didn't create any space for it. He was just like, I love how you love your students and Maya Angelou. And like, it was just it was like, rough. okay. Like, I wanted it to be better. Oh I wonder, bruh, she starts talking about how he was telling her about food tours and opportunity gaps and mm-hmm. achievement gaps. And I was like, this is some specific language. So there's a conversation that we missed with Matt when he was talking about ABC food tours. Yeah. And I know that ABC doesn't want to help him boost his nonprofit or whatever the heck. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah. we're probably Which, honestly, missing a chance to get to know Matt on a deeper level. We are. We are. Because when I, before I even, before Matt was even announced as a bachelor or anything, I remember when I used to follow him on Instagram. I mean, I do now, but like before I, before he became a bachelor or whatever, when I used to follow him, when I lived in New York and I saw the ABC food tours, I was like, is this related to ABC? Like, I just, I just like, didn't know. I was like, oh, is this something that he has a partnership with ABC? Like, so it's just, one, they could use that opportunity to clear it up that it's not a partnership with ABC. Um, and two, it could be like, it. this is a huge part of Matt's life that we're just not getting to see. And also it could clear up, because I think that there is a lot of confusion in the fans, within the people that watch the show about what he does. Right. Like, we just don't know. Like, they keep saying ex, ex-athlete, blah, blah, blah. But it's and like, he's also, what is he's his job? What is this man's commercial real estate broker? But the other question is, you know, if your nonprofit's going to stick, because I have a lot of questions about his nonprofit. There are so many programs um, Uh that are led by people of affluence, people of a certain upper echelon. Oh, I hate saying that. Uh Where they go into these communities. And I specifically noticed they were, a lot of their programs were run on the uh, Lower East Side. So he's saying he's going into the inner city. I'm sorry, the Lower East Side is not the inner city. Wait, he said the Lower he East did not Side? Say, That's where he they did were not going? say the Lower East Side. He said he was working with kids in the inner city. And I was watching the clips. And then I went to abcfoodtours.com and I noticed what streets uh-huh. he was on. And I was like, bro, he's on the Lower East Side. And then it says on the website that they've partnered with like one or two schools on the Lower East Side. He's not up in Harlem. Oh. He's not... He's not not up in Washington Heights. He's not in the Bronx. He's not in Queens. He's not in Brooklyn. 
East, yeah. I'm not saying that the Lower East Side is not filled with a ton of homeless students or students mm-hmm. that are marginalized or directly impacted by the system, but there are more mm-hmm. resources downtown than there are uptown. And so if you want to expose Absolutely. kids who have never seen the freaking beach before, you need to go to Washington Heights and take the black kids out of that community that have never been to Rockaway. Like that. That have never, yeah. Know, so that have never even been like to Times Square. Like there's so many, like even in Chicago, like there's so many people I know who are in Chicago who've never even been to the Bean. The Bean is on Michigan Ave. Like, People who just come never left from different outside. countries go see yeah. the bean. And so I'm always I'm always intrigued by nonprofits who say they work specifically with you know marginalized communities or people who are impacted um, directly by poverty, because it's usually like we come in, we do this partnership, and then we get out and we never see those kids again. And that's actually been proven to be more harmful to those communities than helpful. Sure, absolutely. Because those kids get that mm-hmm. one taste of it and then they never get it again, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. that's why, like, the work that I do at, at BAC, it's always about how are we creating lasting relationships with these communities and how are we centering mm-hmm. um, the directly impacted and the marginalized in what work they're doing or how we're engaging in them, with them? How are the students getting to, you know, relate or, or say, this is what I want to try? And so I have a lot of questions about ABC Food Tours. I yeah. wish Matt would t- talk a lot more about it on his, his yeah. platform. And I know that ABC doesn't want us to hear about it, but I did see them essentially, you know, cut it from the conversation with Michelle. And I was like, they did. how am I supposed yeah. to, you know, attach myself to the narrative two and two together yeah if this is such a big part of his life why can't we know about it it's I will say off of this date alone I think Michelle is the woman I'm missing out of my top four like she has I think so too top Mm -hmm. two energy and I I want her to win I don't think Matt deserves her but I want her to win yeah I do too I think yeah I think that when we had that discussion about top four, I think if that she doesn't she is take the whole cake and she's second mm-hmm. place for sure. Yeah. And I say that because I think a white woman is more likely to win. Yeah. But I, it just, oof, it just hurts me to think that she could lose it to anybody else. I want Michelle. Michelle's yeah. my winner. Okay. If Michelle doesn't win the whole yeah, season, she she's is. the winner of the community. <laughs> if she doesn't win, then she can be they're not gonna have They're another not gonna give us next, back like, to back. She could be the bachelorette. <laughs> we had 25 years of back to back white people. Like, just give us at least five years. Like, anyway, so yeah, so they have an incredible date. Great. Then we get to the final group date of this episode, which is kind of a disaster because, you know, it starts out and they're like talking about well, are you ready to fight for love or whatever? And they all go, oh, we've been fighting enough, like too much fighting. So then they go and Matt's working out in the woods, which is strange. Shirtless, picking up trees. I said, this is so, it's just so annoying to see stuff like that. Cause I'm like, Serena calling him daddy yum. And I'm just like, y'all are about to force me to think Matt is cute. He looked like friends. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's not cute. I think that he's cute, but I just think that they're trying to do too much. And I'm right. like, okay, it's right. enough. Like, it's just like, it's so, if someone is cute, stop talking about how you're cute because it makes you less cute. It's like you know, us looking at Colton is. shirtless every 35 minutes. The girls get there. Katie jumps on him. I just, every time I see that, I'm like, maybe I'm weird, but I have never 
jumped on a man. I, I've done it where like I've hugged them and they pick sure. me up, but I have never run and jumped on a man and wrapped my legs around I'm too him. long for that shit, bro. My legs are so spindly. Like, I'm just linear. So, like, my legs are half the dude's body in the first place. So, my legs can't get around. Yeah. It's awkward. I can't. No. Anyway, so Katie jumps on him. Um, and then Matt's like, oh, you know, what's really important to me is physical fitness, staying fit, staying in shape, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I want y'all to learn how to and- beat each other's asses. <laughs> And I will say, I think they were very specific about who they chose to go on this date. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they didn't, they purposely didn't put any of the new they women on They didn't put there. any of the new women on there. They didn't put Victoria on there. They yeah. put women who kind of had beef, but didn't have beef with anyone on the date. Or people that they yeah. want us to think have beef. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Anna wasn't on this date. You know, so I they were very right. specific they were very specific and it was a weird group and I was like because at first I thought oh this is gonna be the other group of, because the other one we saw with the live audience was the erotic reading sex right. date so I was like oh this is probably the other group of women who didn't have the live quote-unquote live audience that now this is their turn but there were some yeah. repeats like Rachel. you know Rachel Kate, Rachel was there, was there. um Kit was there. So I was like, oh, I guess that's not, that theory is dead. Okay. Then they start to actually fight. And Matt is, well, also we didn't talk about the fact that Wells was there. Yeah. And didn't really say (laughs) anything. Didn't say anything. Sarah Highland is off with her failing kidneys, just, I guess, at home alone. Like, what? Yeah, I said, what was the point of this? And the thing is, I love Wells. I think he's so great and funny and like precious. And I always am happy when I see him, but I'm like, why did they bring him on here? Like, he didn't say anything. It was just so silly. Anyway, so Wells is there. The women start fighting and suddenly Matt's like, oh my Oh my God. Oh my God. They're Meanwhile, fighting. Chris Harrison oh looks God. like he's oh having a blast. Like this is what, this is stuff yeah. made of his dreams, watching these women uh, fight. And I'm I just not going to lie. Katie beat Jacinia's ass. She did. She did. Katie has she hands. Really did. Have you ever been in a fight, Victoria? No. But I can't fight. I can okay. box. I, I have been trained to box, but I've definitely been in a couple fights. I, mm, I've only mm-hmm. been in one real real fight the other fight that I got into uh-huh. this girl was throwing rocks at my car and so I got out at a stoplight and I and she came up to she she and her friend got out their car and we was all a little tipsy because we had just come from the club we was in line mm-hmm. getting chicken and this girl wouldn't move out my way so I was like excuse me and she didn't move and it's crowded and I'm hungry and I'm tipsy so mm-hmm. I was like excuse me still didn't move and so I yelled excuse me and then I shouldered her out the way I shoulder checked her uh-huh. um and grabbed my food yeah. and they were like oh I know this bitch didn't um uh-huh. and me I don't know what who the fuck I thought I was in college but me and my friend uh-huh. I was like fuck y'all y'all ain't about it and got in my car and me and my friends left then mm-hmm. they drove past us. They like ran out after us, I guess left their food and started throwing stuff at my car. So I drove off Oh no! and I'm leaving and they start following us. They rounded around the street and followed us. So oh, they start no. throwing stuff at my car again when we get to the stoplight. 
And I got out my car, put it in park, and I came, I was like, get out the car then. I don't know who I thought I was. Before this, I had been in <laughs> one fight where I'd punched the girl. I like yeah. molly whopped the mess out of the girl. So this girl gets out of her car with a bat in her hand. Uh-uh. And I walked no. up to the girl with the bat and grabbed onto mm-hmm. the bat. Don't know what my oh, I don't no. know what my next plan was because Right. Thing, her other friends getting out the car coming towards me I'm holding on to the bat with the 140 pounds of my arm strength my friend uh-huh. who is six foot and like four times my size got out the car grabbed me around my waist she picked me up and carried me back to the car my other friend from Mississippi <laughs> got out the car and was like get back in your car get back into the girls with the bat so they they walked around and she's uh-huh. from Jackson Mississippi so they weren't about to mess with her um, I'm standing uh-huh. on my car at this point. Hey, oh, y'all no. ain't about it. Hit me with the bat. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh, no. Um, just all of that to say is. Um, but but there were no hands were thrown. No so that's good. Thrown. I'm, there were no real hands is, thrown. You weren't punched in the face. You didn't punch, I didn't punch anyone else in the face. I do good. not hate it when people throw hands. I am a world star watcher i don't follow one star or my my social media but this is for our audience to know Uh as i watched this fight i enjoyed it a little more than i should have i was like oh shoot she got hands oh she just beat her yeah she she did it was it was i as i said that i was like i have this is gonna sound like so weird but i have been punched in the face (laughs) i've never been in a fight like it was like I was like 15 and it was actually a grown woman it was actually a very messed up situation it was in Florida Florida's a weird place I'm sorry if you're from Florida um it was a very weird time that also I also was at Hooters that night um but yeah some random lady that I didn't know who was grown punched me a 15 year old woman in the face 15 year old girl in the face it was kind of crazy the cops did nothing of course and I just started kept hearing them say like kind of like mumbling things behind us. Granted, it's me, I'm 15, and my like four or five white friends who are also like 15. Um, <laughs> so I just hear them like mumbling things behind us. And I was like, what are they saying? And then I start to listen more and they're like, come let's ghetto. Who she thinks she is, come let's ghetto, stupid hoe. And I was like, I think they're talking about me. <laughs> so I was like, I literally like, I kid you not, I'm 15 years old. I turn around, I'm like, um, I was like, you think that I said something, but I didn't say anything. And it was like I had released a line. They were like, "Oh, you guys got something to say? You got something to say now?" And I was like, "Wait, what?" And it literally ended up being like me on the boardwalk, fifteen, um, with like these three grown, uh, drunk adults yelling at me my friends I don't know where they are anymore at this point because they have surrounded me and then and I'm looking around and I'm seeing like people like recording and I'm like I'm clearly a child I'm like I I'm only 5'2 now so I'm like I it's not like I was like that tall back when I was 15 people are recording nobody's helping me they're just like yelling at me and I'm very much like my parents always taught me to be like respectful, all this stuff, um, to not get upset, to not show how worked up I am. But there, but my parents also told me, don't let anybody disrespect you. And so as soon as they started calling me bitch this and hold that and slut this, and I was like, 
what? So then I started saying stuff back. And I was like, I know who you think you is coming to me. Like, I ain't say nothing about you. I'm just hanging with my friends. She punched me so quick. And I really just didn't know what happened. Like, I like, she punched me. And then I like, look up, they're gone. And I look over at my friends and my one right friend is bawling. And I was like, what happened to you? Like, I just got punched in the face and I'm like, what happened to you? I'm crying. And then we went and found the cops and told them what happened. They were like, oh yeah, we'll take care of it. I was like, okay. And then I think we went to Hooters and got wings and then got back on the boat back to our place. And that was that. Anyways, I didn't tell my mom. We didn't tell like any of the adults on that trip because we were like, they're never going to let us go anywhere by ourselves. Wow. So anyways. I got punched in the face. It was a thing. Crazy. Anyways, that was the time I Pensacola, Florida. Ooh, okay. Chile. But we, I mean, anyway, we watched these women they're having fight. A fight. Katie and Jacinia fight, and Jacinia was unprepared. Um, even Mia St. Yeah. John looked a little concerned. Yeah. Um, Anna was talking about blood being spilled. Had she been in the ring with one of the Anna, new girls? She, I'm like, Anna, who do you think you are that you think you can beat someone up? You think you can beat any of these I new don't girls? I think up? so. I'm like, look at these new girls, look at these new girls, and look at yourself, and then maybe reevaluate who you that think is would a win bold a fight. claim, Anna. Serena C beat Kit's ass. That was wild. They could have given us a little more yeah. screen time on that one. And this is not, I yeah. will say this, we are not condoning violence um, against these women. No. We are not condoning violence in general. I think this date was very unnecessary and it was grossly ne- negligent was. for them to knowingly have all of these women who are competing for the same men in a house that has rising tensions in a boxing match. That was Beat each other up when they don't know how to box that safely. So like Piper beat Rachel's ass, which all oh, let's keep on going. Lauren and Serena P. That is where we end because they had to throw in the towel. Serena P. Took a hit to the nose because yeah. Lauren got them things on her. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And Chelsea and MJ never got in the ring together, and I would have paid to see that mm. one. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't but they do that. end the day uh-huh. early because Serena gets hurt, and I just don't do. understand mm-hmm. how the producers or like did not foresee that happening. What right. a thoughtless decision it was to have this date, knowing that the house was in the condition that it was in, knowing that the environment was that what you know what it was. Yeah. Um. It was just didn't need to be that way get to the after party get to the after party um quick sidebar i wonder if our associations with violence and like it's the way it's been normalized in in respect to black communities is why we can ingest information like that and be like oh dang before saying this is disgusting i wonder if that's one of the things like i was questioning my enjoyment of it like, it's not that I enjoyed watching them fight or, you know, yeah. beat each other up. I was just like, oh, shoot, she's got hands. Or, Dang, like, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think about the yeah. fact that I grew up watching fights. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't grow up watching fights. And I used, I remember someone saying one time that they had a really hard time with with boxing, with MMA, you know, as, as a profession. Because it's like you're literally... <laughs> getting paid to beat someone up and when he said it like that I was like oh that is actually true um but then as I you know started to learn how to box and worked at a boxing gym I was like no there is skill involved to a point where yes you can excel at this to a point where yes people should pay you to do this because you're being safe and your goal isn't necessarily to like 
cause someone to not be able to move the next right. day. Um, like, like your goal is just to safely win it's the to fight. Disarm them. Um, yeah. So, and um, I mean, I just, I grew up so yeah, very so I think, sheltered and like a nerd and all of that stuff, but I still went to public school. I mean, my best friend mm-hmm. used to like, it'd be like, all right, 215, see you and, you know, see you out back with certain girls that wanted to fight her just because she was smart and she was pretty, you know? Or like yeah. one of the first things that happened to me in college is a girl was talking mess about me and pushed me in my face. So I molly whopped her. I ain't never fought before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just my yeah. instinct. Like mm-hmm. I've seen people get in fights before. And so it's not foreign information to me, especially to watch women fight each other because I found myself being critical of myself and like, what do I need to unlearn to not receive this as Mm -hmm. the norm, you know, and, and not, right. I I don't know. So it was just something I wanted to, to question for our listeners, for people who did not grow Mm -hmm. up around violence. If anyone thinks we're condoning the the violence that happened on this day, like we don't, I think we just don't have grown up with different associate like it's been normalized unfortunately um and it's something that Mm -hmm. i think i'm working on checking this is Uh, the scene that essentially (laughs) is nothing but cut and splice cut and splice here's a facial reaction here that we don't know if it's in context or here's a shortle here or somebody snorting and rolling their eyes there this is where i i see them villainizing piper i see them villainizing Chelsea mm-hmm. I see them villainizing Chelsea. Uh, Serena C like Serena C is a shit talker for sure and just Senia too Jacenia, as well like we see it happening and the I guess common narrative that they're trying to thread here is our white savior Katie uh, is the she's the tone police coming in to say like you guys mm-hmm. we need to just get over that all of these new women are in the house and we need to stop. We, we need to let it go. And I don't disagree with Katie at yeah. all. Yeah, the women, the women did not bring themselves into the house at that no. time. The, they, didn't, they didn't have a choice as to whether or not they got to come there night one or night 21. Like it was not, the women were not being malicious in entering themselves into this competition. Sure. And I think it's strange that like the women start bucking up and and showing their peacock feathers when so often we talk about how men being territorial or possessive, excuse me, is gross and Mm -hmm. like overtly masculine and toxic and all of that stuff. And then women do it um, and don't expect to get checked. Like the behavior regardless of it's coming from a person who identifies as a woman or a person that identifies as a man ain't cute. Ain't nobody yours mm-hmm. for the taking. Like Matt doesn't belong to you. This is right. not your territory. You done took six, seven weeks off of work or you've taken time away from home to go compete with a dude for a rose by flirting with him on national television. Like that's what you're here to do, all right? So nobody's stepping mm-hmm. on your toes or disrespecting you by coming into this game that you guys have signed up for and- I think they want us to think that everyone in the room was being disrespectful and mean. I think they want us to think Chelsea was being dismissive and rude. They want us to think Piper Mm -hmm. is one way with Matt in person and a different way when Matt's away. They want us to think Jacinia ain't, you know, all that she's cracked up to be by giving us all of these images that have no con, like it's just edited and cut and spliced and it's done so poorly. The off face off camera sound bites don't fit with what's happening in the circumstances. Exactly. I don't trust the scene. 
Yeah, it was definitely a very highly edited scene. It was very much, yeah, you just couldn't trust it. You, and I want our viewers, our listeners to be really conscious of that when you see scenes like this, because pay attention to who they're focusing on, pay attention to what actions they're highlighting with these, with these women um, and what, what actions they're not highlighting with these women. So it is very evident that Kate, that they try to make it seem like Katie is trying to be the voice of reason, which she is trying to be the voice of reason, but that's not saying that these women didn't agree with her. Um, it just shows them, you know, dismissing her. And I don't really think that that's what yeah. happened. And pay attention to what they're letting us hear certain people say as well, right? We will mm-hmm. cut back to yeah. Piper saying, you know, I'll be the first to say in this room that I've, you know, mm-hmm. made unkind jokes or I haven't been the most respectful. I've been kind of disrespectful and all the girls laughing about that. I've said that kind of stuff before, but what a, what kind of space are you allowing people, people like Piper to take up versus... How many times did we see the camera zoomed in on Rachel in this scene? Zero. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and they make it seem like Piper said that after Katie left. And it could have been that Katie was in the room when she said that. It's not like she was trying to be like, yeah, Katie, yeah, you're right. And then Katie leaves and she's like, yeah, so I wasn't as nice to them as I probably should have been. You know, like Katie could have been in that room when she said it. We don't know who all was in the room when she said it. So they're trying to make it seem like, you know, that they're two different, that that she's trying to present herself as two different people. And that's not necessarily true. And they did it with Chelsea, just so, yeah. Serena C. I'm just <laughs> saying the scene contextually makes yeah. sense and pay attention to who it gets make a, a good edit or who gets to take up space in a positive way and who doesn't. We got for total screen time, 23.9% of the screen time was for the women of color in total, including the group date. I mean, not the group date, one-on-one for Michelle, which was 14%. So over half (laughs) of that Mm -hmm. time was spent on Michelle's one-on-one. The remaining total for all women of color was less than half of the 23%, and it was overwhelmingly negative. And I think that is something for us to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. 100%. uh, Then we cut over to Anna and Victoria. So that's frustrating. so awful. Ugh, terrible. I'm not holding terrible. space for it. Slut shaming again. Yeah, we don't need to. It's just, <clears throat> yeah, just really terrible. Um, so yeah, so then we cut back to the group date and Katie deciding that she has to go tell Matt about the mob mentality, about the drama. So there she goes. She goes out. We see all the producers, the PAs, you know, being like, uh-oh, gotta go. Um, so they scurry out of the scene, out of the shot. And, you know, Katie says, it's been, the women have been really nasty. There's mob mentality. These rumors could, could ruin someone's life. Um, does she have good intentions? I think so. I think she does. I think she has good intentions. I think that she is frustrated with all the drama in the house I think that she really just wanted to have a genuine experience. And she's like, these women are just making it too difficult. Like she just like got, she just like got fed up with the drama. And she was like, maybe if I go tell Matt, maybe if he says something, then maybe it'll be better. So that's what she does. And then Matt's kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll address it tomorrow. We don't see the end of the state. We don't know who gets the group date rose. 
Um, we're kind of just left on another cliffhanger. Yeah. And and that's just about it. I mean, I <laughs> I hope that next week we get a nice two on one. <laughs> I hope we get a two but on somebody one. Somebody is I getting hope... walked out, and they're getting walked out by Matt. So yeah. I, I, mm. and, and in the preview, we have Anna looking like Amber Von Tussel. Like I'm like, what is this outfit? I said I was thinking Meredith she... Gray from Parent Trap. But Amber Vaughn. Not Meredith Gray. Oh, that's not her name. Meredith no. Blake. Meredith Blake. <laughs> I said that's so bold. Girl from the parent trap. I said, when does she be on the parent trap? I think they're around the same age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meredith Blake. Amber Von Tussle. Um, it was just very much a mess. Yeah, I said, I said, what is this costume? Just like it was just such a costume. She was, anyway, she was trying to give uh, us Ariana Grande, but it did not work. Yeah, it didn't work. I don't know. It was very. It was. It was a choice. Oh. It was a choice. Um. So yeah. So that's what we get. Of course, more drama with her next week. Seems like MJ's mad. MJ probably gets painted in a bad light. MJ's um, not going kid. home. MJ, I don't think MJ's going home. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she's going home. Um. Yeah, I think this might be the demise of Anna. I think this is going to be the demise of Victoria. Victoria. I'm not confident it will be the demise of Anna. I think they're going to try and give her another chance, which I think is crap. Mm. Um, Yeah, they might. I do think this is Victoria's end. This is the end of the reign of terror. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, we can only hope. we cut to our credits I just said hopefully like three times. And we get... Oh. Maggie and okay also I thought it was so cute because she's like she's like I do really like dancing and he's like are we gonna dance she goes no I'm not but you're like she was like you're about to watch me dance she said but you could go embarrass yourself she said I'm not about to embarrass myself um which also she's probably an incredible I, dancer yes, because absolutely. I don't know if you've ever yes. seen Oh my gosh, the way that Ethiopian women dance, if you've ever, you need to, you all need to just like Google it, look it up. They can move their necks with your head, your neck, your head is about to hurt, okay? When you watch some Ethiopian women really dance because the way they be whipping their hair in them necks, I'm like, I have seen it live in person in Addis and I said, what? I said, your neck moved like that? Anyway, she's probably an incredible dancer. So her seeing Matt dance like that was probably quite a shock to the system. And she was like, this is what your dancing is? She's like, good thing I didn't dance because you would have been embarrassed because you clearly My can't dance. My guy started doing the brand new Lamborghini fuck a rock star or something. I don't know. And I'm just like, bro, where's awful. your finesse? Where's the zest? Where's was, the seasoning? You don't got no Lowry's or nothing in the cabinet? No. He, he, it was very white bread. It was very. He hit the whoa. And I mm, said, oh no. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was so painful to watch. And Sweet Maggie is like, I can call her nothing but Sweet Maggie. In my, in my mind, that is her name, Sweet Maggie. Um, but she is just so kind. She's like, okay, okay. You know, like, what is happening here? She and goes, then she okay. like, yeah, that's looks good. off to the side like she's terrified and wants the producers to come yeah. help her. I'm just right. Done. Like that finished me. It's so, it is so funny and uncomfortable. 
but I still love yeah. her. I mean, she wasn't funny. She wasn't uncomfortable, but um, that Matt, please, please go get yourself some lessons down to BDC because we don't want to be downtown so bad because we don't want to we don't want to see that ever oh, again no. anyways that's the episode thanks for listening <laughs> yes so as we end this episode as usual we want to go ahead and spotlight a black individual and this week we are going to do um her name is Lene Vene Bogues I'm going to say that again for y'all, just in case y'all ain't hear me the first time. It's Lene Vene Bogues. She is the originator of Parking Lot Pimpin', which is a Friday series that she has on her Instagram. And essentially, she started doing them. They're like two to, two to three minute clips that synthesize relevant information intertwined with the current events of the moment. So she began it as a way to amplify issues that she found really pertinent in Black communities. And we say Black communities instead of the Black community because we want to remember that the Black community is not monolithic, all right? (laughs) One experience of a Black person does not define the experience of another. Victoria and I as two Black women have led vastly different lives and have vastly different associations with our Blackness um, and how it has informed us. And the same for our parents and our grandparents and our friends. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. we say Black communities because we do not need to be isolated as one thing. And so she will right. do parking lot pimpins for Black queer folk, Black cis women, Black trans women, policies that target disenfranchised Black communities, par- uh, policies that, you know, help the rich and white, but don't help the rich and black, you know, the election. And the election is how she kind of popped off and went viral. And when I say she be reading f- people to fill, oh my gosh, I it hurts me to imagine how a white person who is not along with us on the ride may feel hearing themselves get roasted this way. Or when she's just stating facts. What's cool about Parking Lot Pimpin' is she makes information that is otherwise expressly academic or these concepts that are kind of hard to understand or recognize um, or ingest. She makes it real simple and plain, you know? If you don't know what redistricting is and redlining and gerrymandering mm-hmm. means, go to Lenezy and I tell you, she will be able to explain it to you in three seconds. So we wanted to amplify her platform, tell more people to go follow her. If she got her Venmo and her mm-hmm. cash app on her page, go ahead, drop a couple coins. Reparations are important. So if you have it in your heart to go give her a follow, her Instagram is at Lenezy. So that is at underscore. L-Y-N-E-E-Z-Y. I'll say that again for the people that are listening. At underscore L-Y-N-E-E-Z-Y. She is such a good time. Her most recent (laughs) parking lot pimping from the inauguration last week was hilarious. She does an impersonation of Bernie and it is a one day son baby chef's kiss. So that is our amplified Black individual of the week. Our Black icon, our Black woman of the moment. Um, mm-hmm. which is dope. Go follow her, Lene Vene Bogue. She's also a poet, and some of her work is just all of her work is incredible. Oh, child, we've been talking. To, we need to set a timer. You know, this episode. We need it, to. I know we said it was a lot of filler, but there was a lot of stuff we wanted to get into. There, there was. But yeah, we we need to do better. We need to do. 
I mean, better. I think that an hour and a half is going to be our goal, but this is probably going to be a two yeah. hour baby. This is going to be a two hour episode, if not two hour 15. So if you're still here listening. Not two fifteen. not two fifteen. I'm sure, I feel like we've been here for three hours, have we not? Thank y'all for listening. As usual, thank you so rate, much. Review, subscribe, tell your friends that we exist. Truly, doing yes. those things helps people um, know that we're here. It elevates our platform. It tells the algorithm on Apple Podcasts, however the heck it works, that people are listening to these folks. So keep doing it. There are so many of you already. <laughs> it's really exciting. Thank you already for everything that you guys have done, sharing our content, listening to this, telling your friends. It's been truly unreal to see the support that we've been getting um so cheesy moment but thanks guys we love you because that's yeah awesome. we're super humbled mm-hmm. and we did not expect to be so well received so we are really happy to have y'all in our yeah. community and tell your friends so we can make the community even bigger even the friends that you don't think would agree yes. with us like let's really right. start some discourse about the you know i guess concepts that we're getting into absolutely I did see we had one bad rating. Oh, you can't like you can't like see. They didn't comment. How many people? No, it just it just had one. There's like everything's five stars, and then there's one little segment that says one. Star. Okay, well, to our hater, if you are to our one star hater reviewer, if you are listening, we love you. Keep us humble. Let us know how we tell can us, be better. Tell, us, tell why. us what you think. Yeah, tell us why you think we suck. Please let us know because what is that called or what is that on? That's on growth. Period. That's on growth, Periana. Okay, that's on growth, Winnie the Periana. Pooh. Okay. All right. So that's it. We love y'all. That's it. Love Stay, y'all. See you next week. Breezy. Stop. <laughs>